mic settings go. back up on um, Streamlabs because of that. Oh, it's a disaster. Like, no joke, yesterday was like the second Windows update I've had in a week, I think. And yeah, it, it ruined everything. Speaking of ruining everything, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Out of Our League. My name is Gage. I'll be your host today. Joining me today, uh, let's see, over to my right, we have Philip J. Woodward. Down below him, we have Kamel H. Surprise! And joining us, a very special guest who I originally had placed somewhere else on the layout, but is now down below on the left. We have Asa Green River joining us today. Hey, guys. Yay. Super uh -oh. pumped to be here. He froze for a second on my end. I got Can worried. I just for a second. Just for a second. We got audio. It's the first time anyone's been like, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Asa, I just want to say, you're pretty good. Wow. Yeah. Wow, dude, that was so good. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. I'm working on it. We're trying. Yeah. This is this is the year. This is the year. Yeah. We're trying. What the what we're trying to do is get get hashtag fill in a video game. That's but, what it uh, is. That's what it is. Dude, that's listen, if you figure it out, you tell me what to do, because I've been trying that for years. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Right. It would be trending. It's a lot of auditions. I've Everyone would be like using one L, or some people will be using two L's. So there's two different hashtags. <laughs> right, <Yeah>. right. <laughs> Make it a bit more difficult to trend. Yeah, that's actually a really good joke, Camille. <laughs> I have my moments. That's my hundredth joke of the week, so I have to. Hit. <laughs> one yeah. of them has to hit. Yeah, exactly. I feel like so just to make you mad, somebody would make it look like they typed it with two L's, but it's actually just an L and a capital I. That way, they're Ooh. still tricking the system, but it <laughs> looks like they did it right. Yeah. <laughs> That's some, that's some um, Josh bullshit right there. But anyway, thank you for coming on the show. This is quite amazing. Um, we, uh, we're actually really excited to have you on and hear more about Borderline Entertainment and some of the other yeah. stuff that you have going on. Yeah, I'm, I am a complete open book, so I'm super pumped to just talk about whatever. It was like um, I, was, I was telling Josh, like whenever people have me on the show and they want to talk about me, it's, it's super awkward. Because... <laughs> Unless you're like really egocentric, nobody likes to really just go on and on about themselves. And you feel sure. like at some point you just sound like a dick and you're like, okay, just get over yourself. But I will do my best to. So, so what you're saying is you're not Ben, please be excited. Ooh. Listen, I'm not all about Ben isn't here, so you know the rule. Yeah, yeah we can talk about it. He's not here. I'm a little hey, bummed so, that he's not here. I think it's personal. It's, it's a little personal. Maybe a little it is bit. personal. Thanks a lot, Ben. You don't want to hang out with me? I get it. I get it. So, Simply Sassy, we sort of see what Kind of Funny do and just basically steal it, right? And <laughs> uh, we saw one Acer on Kind of Funny and thought, let's steal him too. So what yep. was it like being on Kind of Funny? Um, you know, it was, um, first of all, it was really fun. Uh, really fun. Really surprising. I wasn't uh, expecting to be on. Um, but... If I, I mean, man, I don't know how to answer from like a logistical standpoint, it feels, it felt very familiar. Not, not that, that my podcast and stuff that I do is like creme de la creme, like the best thing ever. But I, I try to like pride myself on being very professional and, 
um, trying to like set things up a certain way. And just to like, to experience that on the back end, just to see, you know, how kind of funny does their things in the back end and see that there's a lot of similarities. It, it kind of like felt like being at home. Like I felt like I was doing game chat, doing my show, like just the way that, you know, getting the notes set up and getting uh, the audio set up and the recording and everything like that. But just from the, from a personal like fan perspective, because I mean, we're all kind of funny best friends here. And you know, I've been that. a fan for a long time since the inception. And uh, so that, that point was very surreal, but by the time, you know, the, the green light hit, or I guess it's red if you're recording. <laughs> um all, all of those feelings kind of left because it was just like it was just business at that. You were point. in the zone at that point. Yeah, I was, I was just in the zone. I think uh, <laughs> I, I was like a little bit nervous before when Kevin and I were just kind of like hanging out, getting audio and stuff figured out. But most of the the nerves and like sheer excitement of holy crap, I'm going to be on kind of funny content was like the the week leading up. But then like day of and when it was go time, it was just like all right, it's another show. Let's do it. That's yeah. awesome. Was there a case of like whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen? You're like, it's go time. Let's just go. <sighs> yeah, it, it was. It was that, and um, I don't know. Like, if you if you're like very critical about something, and you've got a slight little bit of egotistical edge, if anybody gives you a platform to talk about your opinion on something, it's just you can't see anything else. It is pure tunnel vision. So I was just having a good time, um, upsetting fanboys of all <laughs> kinds. <laughs> No, oh, Craig, yeah. so you, you did you did well, and you know, one would have thought you've been doing this for years, which actually leads me on to my next question, which was like, in terms of things like podcasting, when did you start, and you know, what's been your journey to get to borderline entertainment? Yeah, to to add on to that, like for those of you or for those people who don't know who you are, like who are that's you? a good question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, man, who am I? You know, I don't know if people. I feel like when people ask that, like when I ask people that on my show, I feel like people should know who they are, but I don't, I don't feel like people absolutely need to know who I am. Like if they don't know who I am and they're being introduced today, then it's like, where have you been? But I mean, if you, if you want to know who I am, um, so my name's Asa Green River from Columbus, Ohio, um, content creator, uh, marketing person uh, in the games industry. So yeah, in a nutshell, that's about it. But if we want to, if we want to peel back the layers of the onion, you let me know, because I can get very tangential real quick. What about the little seven that you have up next to the the end of your name there? <laughs> so, uh, we were talking before we started recording. My wife had the the K-pop concert. Um, we are a K-pop family. We love it. Um, this like shelf right here is. My, my wife's K-pop memorabilia, albums, posters, things from her concerts and things. Um, so that seven is from the group BTS. And so it's something that their fandom was doing when they released their album seven. Um, they just put that at the end of their name. And now it's something else, but seven's also my favorite number. So I just kind of kept it. It's just like a good fit. And it took me so long to figure out how to do it. I'm, I'm not taking it down. Can you tell me why Girls' Generation and Twice are the best K-pop groups? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, is it is it like a what you didn't hear me or like what is this man talking about right now? I'm say what I didn't hear. I need a I need a playback. On oh that. right, no, I was gonna say like, oh, tell me why Girls Generation and like Twice are the best K-pop groups. Okay, that's what I thought you said. <laughs> um, I'm about to get they're roasted. Not, they're not. 
but twice is cool twice is cool i like a, mm. a few of their songs mm. um generation no nah, i'm not about it i'm oh. a i'm a bts uh stray kids and 80s person myself a little bit of astro here and there but yeah those are my three main pillars i find like k-pop groups just come in and out of like the consciousness so quickly like they'll rise to prominence and then like suddenly just disappear off the map do you would you agree with that assessment or would you say that um as a as a fan no but i think man now now being in the k-pop world it mm-hmm. is such a loaded answer because it, it depends on like how deep you are within the fandoms because there um there's another group that my wife likes they're called shiny and they've been around for a very long time like mm. typically k-pop groups like they're anywhere between like 19 and 24 i feel like that's the the general age but like these guys are like my age so like phil they're they're, they're old dudes but they're out there busting it looking so good um and so like for me i would think oh nobody knows who they are but like just seeing them in concert just watching like youtube videos from little shows that they've done recently that stuff's packed out so like they still have like you know major fans and then in korea they're really big i think when it comes to like american audience audiences specifically or just like western in general mm-hmm. um it, it really depends on where the lightning bolt strikes like sure like when it comes to bts i feel like it felt like it was the the beatles coming to america type of situation like the british invasion um because COVID wasn't a thing. So like they were able to tour, they were able to show up on Fallon and uh, James Corden and, and all these other late night shows. And um, so they had a very strong overseas presence, but now with them being so isolated and, you know, really not doing any traveling and concerts being pretty much all virtual at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's probably why it feels like it, it dies down at times, but yeah, I guess also, yeah, international crowds yeah. is probably the big thing I'm talking about. Being very casual when it comes to you know K-pop and stuff like that. That's my general observation. But you're probably right. Like maybe like in domestic markets, probably they've always been as popular as they normally are. But yeah, yeah internationally, yeah, it's a bit absolutely. And uh, we were, in fact, my wife and I were just talking about this last night. As I've been getting more into ATs and Stray Kids, they're a little bit smaller groups versus like BTS, which is just like this global phenomenon. Um, I was telling her the other night, I'm like, man, it feels like BTS just kind of disappeared. And she is like a, a mega K-pop fan. So she knows way more than I do. Mm. Like, so she makes me look casual. And I felt like I was kind of knowledgeable. But she's like, no, they're they're still doing stuff all the time. They've got a new album that's coming out, a Japanese album. And, um, you know, they did this and this and this. I'm like, I had no idea. But it's just because I've been so entrenched in the fandoms of Stray Kids and 80s that I've just been out of the loop so yeah i think it's just like where your your attentions are i love how k-pop groups sorry phil <laughs> no you're fine <laughs> you're I, out, like... I actually i actually have a related question to this whole thing so <laughs> go for it yeah i'll have to go get grab my dinner in a second but i was just just like it fascinates me that k-pop groups bring out japanese albums as well like twice have, have released a few japanese albums yeah. as well it's it's insane to me and like being in japan and going to tower records to see how big k-pop is it's it's insane yeah they they record japanese albums some of them record things in chinese i've seen before like they just they and like some of them recorded english like they just try to they know that they have fans all over the world and they just try to make something special for everyone didn't twice sing that jackson five song 
Like, it's insane. Yeah. It's really good. It's, it's so really good. good. Dude, it's BTS insane. just did uh, a Fix You by Coldplay, and they crushed yeah, I'll it. I'll have to listen to that. I'll have to oh, my to gosh. <laughs> Put me in tears. So so my question is, okay, uh, like, when I was a kid, uh, J-pop used to be the thing. Like, yeah. that used to be, uh, you know, the we, like, Gact, Miyabi, like, all these different, different mm-hmm. artists. Um, and... It was like this thing, if you were into anime, if you were into video games, like you were probably into J-pop. But like, I feel like now J-pop is just completely overshadowed. And you you kind of you kind of touched on it um, with the idea that K-pop is more international. They cater Mm -hmm. to the outside audiences where I feel like J-pop is kind of its own thing. Like they still stick to a mostly Japanese audience for their for their material. Um, so I think we kind of answered our own question there, but I still wanted to throw it out there. Like, why do you think uh, J-pop like just never took off like K-pop has, even though we have so much Japanese influence in our lives, in our everyday yeah. lives now? I think it's absolutely, you know, what you just said, that the the companies that run K-pop, essentially, um, like they are very focused on just the music, the music industry at large including international audiences but uh j-pop and i'm really big into j-rock um like a lot of those groups like you just don't find their music unless you purposely go look for them or you heard them in an anime opening or ending uh or in a video game and yeah it just doesn't go beyond that because i think they they know their audience they're fine with their audience and if it gets big like baby metal then it gets big like baby metal and then they they go with it but I think they're perfectly content with where they're at versus not that I think K-pop's like trying to take over the world. I'm not one of those toxic people. I don't think that's the case. Um, But I mean, they're musicians and they want everybody to experience their music. So I think it's just a little bit different. Absolutely. All right, let's let's get back on track a little bit. I can see Gage (laughs) is half checked out up there. Um, so Kumail asked a really great question and then I interrupted him with like who you are. <laughs> yeah, that um, cause I thought maybe we should start with that, uh, to kind of get it out of the way. But, uh, you were on kind of funny because of, uh, it being, you know, native heritage month. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did, how did they get in contact with you? How did they, uh, approach you about that? Yeah, I, um, I just checked the BLE email one day. I think Greg probably just pulled it from my Twitter and said, hey, Asa, I have looked at your stuff. You got good stuff out there. I saw this tweet and dropped a link to the video that I put out like, hey, I just want more native voices to be out there, to be uplifted and celebrated. He's like, I would love to have you on next week. How does that look? And I was like, cool. That day is actually super free. Let's make it happen. So and that. That was it. It's always amazing to me because I, like you said, um, I've pretty much been a fan since the inception of Kind of Funny. Um, and yet you and I have never crossed paths as far yeah. as like uh, on the Internet. Like that episode was what introduced me to you. And I was so super psyched because I'm always excited uh, to have, you know, native representation on anything and everything. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of a lot of people out there that have a lot of assumptions about what native culture is and what it's about. And I think we're finally getting a lot more exposure to yeah. things, uh, that are, you know, concerns, uh, you know, that, that we wish we're out there a little bit more. 
Um, and yep. uh, it's like I said, it's getting better, but uh, it could definitely still be a lot better. So it's always nice to see yeah. somebody out there um, doing work. <laughs> it's going to get better this year. I'm just going to throw it out there. That's all I can say, but it's going to get better this year. I'm working on some things with some awesome people. And, and it's just gonna it's gonna be cool <laughs> yeah yeah we we actually have a collaboration surprise hopefully coming up in the near future um that uh that i talked to you about so like we can't talk about it yet but yeah but hopefully soon we'll be able to talk about that a little bit more which i'm super excited just about. out of the loop like hey, hey guys <laughs> 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 we, we were just talking about native representation and and uh, how kind of funny approached uh, asa about being on the show oh, that's amazing yeah what, sorry, previously uh, or like again? Come again. No, no, no. Just when he was originally on the show back in November. Sure. Um, but okay, so from there, tell us tell us a little bit about Borderline Entertainment, what you do on the internet, your different podcasts. Like, pimp yourself out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, I'll tell you what. Borderline Entertainment has been a journey. So without, like, retreading too much, because I would, I would direct people to the Up and Comer podcast done by the wonderful Josh Biddick um, to get, like, a lot more deep dive information on it, but essentially, you know, I started back in like 2016 um, with this big dream and this big concept without, I don't want to say without a lot of direction, um, but just lofty ideas. Um, had three three guys with me and I, you know, I think just what ended up happening, you know, we started off with Game Chat, that was like the flagship show. Uh, and the plan was that we were just gonna do that for a while and slowly start to build everything um, build everything up. Um, and needless to say, I mean, I, I feel like so many people can, you know, they can just, they feel, they vibe with this, that to no fault of their own, but sometimes people just have more drive than other people for the end game. And so, you know, they, they, you know, they wanted to be a part of it. They wanted to help out, but they just kind of dropped off. And so that caused me to like, okay, I can't keep, all of this production up and and everything by myself so let's kind of like rewrite the ship a little bit here so i knew that twitch streaming is where i wanted to explore so i just kind of like dove in with that um and so like programming and shows and that kind of stuff just kind of went on ice for a while um and i would say probably like 2019 i was like looking at pulling like ble content back up um pulling shows back into the fray um started with wednesday wrap up um which was like my it was like a, a weekly entertainment show where just kind of like ranked the big happenings within entertainment news and it was a ton of fun and i will say like that's a show that's coming back the format is going to be a little bit different um but the production was just so heavy um and having a full-time job and being a husband and then finding out i had a kid on the way and everything you know life just um kind of slowed things down so um again it was like another recalibration of Streaming has been the constant through everything, so um, game streaming has always been there. Um, but really, it was uh, it was the the end of 2019 going into 2020. Um, I had been doing a lot of networking, working with um, a lot of other games people to plan out the big year that was going to be 2020. Um, <laughs> and, and, and I mean, dude, I was I was so bummed because there were so many big things that I had planned, so many people that I was working with. Um, projects that we were going to be doing um and then and it was it was all like planned around like having my kid because my kid was born in february of 2020 and it was all still planned around the schedule of 
having a new child and it felt very doable and boom the pandemic hit COVID. and ev literally everything went out the door so like uh yeah traveling meetups and just all of these other projects just had to permanently go on ice until we could figure out some sort of solution Did i interrupt you there and yeah, just ask yeah. a very personal Good question do you feel that that might have been for the best considering that <clears throat> you're a new father now and you're getting to spend more time with your kids because i know a lot of people during lockdown who are like new parents actually think it's been a great benefit to them not having to go into work every day and missing out on the you know growth of their child so do you feel in some aspect that, that might have been a benefit to you and actually in hindsight you would have probably preferred it to be like this or would you like to have a balance of you know hanging out with the kid but at the same time making these big moves to further yeah. progress what you're trying to get to yeah oh that's a great question i was so i was and still am bummed about the, the things that weren't able to happen, but far and above the time that I've gotten to spend with my family and my son and actually be there with him and watch him grow up um, outweighs that completely. It's only when I like stop and really think about what could have been that mm. it ever makes me feel bummed out. Like there's never any residuals. So um, yeah, I'm, and I wouldn't have changed it. I wouldn't have changed it whatsoever because it's just been amazing. It's it's definitely interesting because for us, like this never would have happened. Like simply sassy never would have happened without without COVID. Yeah. Um, without lockdown. So it's it's such a weird thing to think about that without this extreme global tragedy, uh, that we never really would have done what we did. Um, and it's it's interesting to think about too, like all the great guests that kind of funny had on this past year, would yeah. they have gotten those guests? for shows if it wasn't remote, you know, yeah. cause it's, it's hard to fly people out and it gets a lot of money to, you know, put up board, put up flight money, put up, you know, food, whatever. Um, and, you know, get people on a show in, in a studio. Um, so it's interesting to think about all the different cool guests and shows that they've been able to do because of mm -hmm. working remotely now. So yeah. it's really interesting to think about. Hey, so was it always the plan for you to go um to san francisco and and do sort of the podcast with kind of funny in, in person or was it always going to be a remote thing or what was that not just a thing before covid hit the whole kind of funny uh, thing i just don't think it was a thing before covid hit like um like philip you had talked about how you know we're we started with kind of funny at the same time from the beginning um yeah. but you just had never heard of me until that yep. moment and I was, I have always been a, um, a fan. I've always been in the community, but I've been a very, very silent participant. Um, being a part of like Reddit or any sort of like groups or anything, um, I have really bad anxiety. Um, and you know, I have my bouts with like depression and stress overload and things like that. So just the idea of being a part of the online culture the kind of funny best friends it it felt like mufasa going into <laughs> the, the wildebeest man like i'm like i'm gonna get trampled it's too overwhelming um like and that's still something that i battle with now like i'll be so heavy online and connecting with everybody and then i just kind of like disappear off twitter or whatever for like a couple of weeks because i it's just it's a lot um and so i think like i don't know even though I, you know, like a, I wanted to be an up and comer, like the, the time that they announced it and it was blessing and it was, uh, you know, Chloe who were going over, but I'm like, dude, nobody knows who I am. 
nobody knows what I'm doing. Why would anybody vote for me? And it wasn't like this, like, what was me thing or anything like that. But I don't, I don't know. I don't think I ever would have gone over if it wasn't for this instance, because this, like you said, like it opened the door to have so many new guests. It opened the door for literally so many things to happen that um, I think it was purely just because of the circumstances last year that I was able to be on. That's amazing. Yeah, that was um, kind of kind of our thing um, was KFAF. You know, that was that was a lot of our doors into the community because I agree with you. Like it was I was always just kind of a silent participant. I would, you know, uh, I really wasn't even that super active on Twitter. Um, I would just watch the shows and post here and there. Um, and then when they started KFAF, it opened up this door to be like, oh, well, this is cool. This is something that I can contribute to yeah. and do something for. And then I, I made it onto the show um, and, uh, you know, with with one of the photoshops and was like, oh, crap, this is this is so much fun. Uh, and, and it's being recognized. It's fun, is it, Phil? What's that? <laughs> traumatizing people is fun is it oh well that's ben that don't don't clump me in with that i i don't always try and traumatize people um and then uh you know i met i i met matt uh, ferguson and then i met ben uh, please be excited and uh then i met kumail and um it just kind of went from there to to kind of individually messaging all these really cool people um, and really getting in with the community, but that was my first step. And without yeah. KFAF, I never, I don't think I ever would have stopped being a silent partner. And then as I was saying earlier, um, I don't know if all of us would have come together like we did, because we originally started coming together for gaming, because we all had all this spare time. Yeah. War zone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so we were like, hey, let's let's come together and, and play some video games together since we have some time. And uh, then you know uh the last chance bred out of that yeah and uh then we proceeded not to make any new fake documentaries for a year <laughs> yep <laughs> but we so we started other content which has been absolutely fantastic and we're doing some really cool stuff here pretty soon anyway uh yeah it's it's so weird to think about how the pandemic has has been kind of an interesting Definitely one of the most interesting incidents in, in the world for a long time. I'll tell you what it's yeah. done. It's spotlighted so many great individuals in our community who, you know, I would have never met before or, you know, 100%. Would have, yeah. would have never yeah. come on the show or anything like that. And, like, you're starting to see so many people with these different talents. For example, like, the up-and-comer podcast with Josh Bittick, you know, you had so many people go on that, and I met so many pe cool people because of that, you know? Hearing about Ben's episode about how he does his, like, photoshops on the treadmill, <laughs> On his, on his phone. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of, is that how you met Josh? Or did you meet Josh prior to your episode of um, of the Up and Comer podcast? And yeah, is he insufferable to you? Because I, I think I think he's one of the best people I've met, but is he secretly insufferable? <laughs> or is he actually just... <laughs> no, absolutely. So that is how I met Josh. Um, and Josh has since... I hope it's okay to say like Josh has since like joined borderline entertainment. So, yeah. Like, he, he, he talked about that on our show. Um, when he was on the out of our league podcast. Yeah. Um, I listened to it. I text him like you son of a gun. You didn't have to, to, to say all that, but I always feel bad. <laughs> like I don't want to like rope people in too tight with like BLE. I just want it to be a place where people can create their content and I can just help give them some sort of like platform, whatever that is. But yeah, it's uh, it's, 
he's not insufferable. He's one of the literally one of the best humans I've ever met through a screen. That's great. So, Blink twice if he's if he's telling you to say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, we love Josh here. We love Josh here. Gage, blink twice if you love life. Blink once if you hate life. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Um, you said you don't want to like sort of shove it in people's faces, BLE. But in terms of like the end goal for it, or where you oh. want to go to next year. Sorry, Phil. No, no, so, that's exactly what I was going to ask. Yeah. Where, where, where do you want it to go? Basically? Yeah. Where, where do you see it going. Um, so there's there's a lot of stuff that I, I had planned for this year, and a lot of it is still going to happen. So like BLE now at this point is one part content creation, um, and the other part. Um, we help do like branding and PR and like marketing for indie devs and gaming adjacent companies. That is amazing. I didn't know that. I thought it was just like every other podcast where it's just like you listen to it online, but you actually do other stuff as well. Like, yeah. So, so that stuff um, is not like out in the forefront right now. Yeah. Uh, just for like NDA and like legal reasons and things like that. Um, mm -hmm. For some of the people that work there and like, yeah there are other jobs that they have um but yeah so we've we've helped out like just a a few other like smaller devs like in ohio um and then like work with brands like take this.org and i know if if, if y'all know who take this is they're a mental health organization within the video game industry they are fantastic people um and the fact that we get to partner and work with them is just like it's a dream they're they're amazing over there um but yeah so on the on the I say the business side, it's all business, but on like the businessy side of BLE, there's a lot of stuff that's been going on. Um, and that's like eaten into a lot of my content creation time because I've just been like so busy with the the, the meetings and the, that kind of stuff. Um, but then on the content side of things, like I had put out like this roadmap <laughs> for 2021. And when I put out that roadmap, there were, there were plans for me to just be able to free up some time to do stuff more full-time for the year. And um, we just hit a, a roadblock and that date now is just one of those things that, well, it's just gonna kind of have to, to be on ice right now. And it sucks and I don't know if it's anything I've ever like, I think I might've said it once on stream. So I guess to, to answer like, there are plans for 2021, there definitely are like, there's more content coming um, both within BLE and in collaborations with like me and other places. Um, but it's definitely not as much as I originally was hoping for. So, are you trying to get a balance between you know the sort of business side, let's say, and then let's say for for uh, what's the word? I can't even think of the word for, for easiness. The podcast side. Are you trying to get a balance between the two going forward, or are you going to try focus more on one side than the other side for the growth of you know borderline? Right. So the the hope and the plan is for there to be a balance. Um, like, I don't think we'll ever get to a place where like, we're taking on like so many clients and devs and things like that to where um, it's just like a full on demand all the time, because I also don't want to um, affect the relationships like we build with them. Like I, I want to be able to like insert ourselves into like a, a company's culture and just help them out as best we can. And I don't want to overload that. Um, but then at the same time, like working to, to build out the content side of things, the podcast stuff. And so that, that was like actually one of the big reasons of like, just bringing other people on, of mm -hmm. making BLE kind of 
an open source platform. So like one thing that I think, I think I announced it, I don't know, but um, so like the, the website is open for pretty much anybody to write articles. So like if you're looking to write about games or movies or anime or whatever, and you want to write news or reviews, please use us if you don't have a platform. Um, because I have just relinquished that I can't do it anymore. Um, so I just, I just don't have the time, but I want, um, the community to have content. And I also, again, want to lift those voices. So, um, and that also goes for like podcasts. So like there are some people who are working on things within BLE that there's going to be other BLE shows that they're not mine. And the only agency that I have within those podcasts and those shows is the fact that I just help push them out. Like I'm, they have full creative control. It's their show. It's just in the BLE banner and I just help them pump it out. Um, but yeah, the, the, the plan is for there to eventually like be that balance where it's just both kind of going parallel full time. That's what I really love respect and I'm, you know, thank you for as well. It's just, you're using such a, you know, relatively big platform to elevate other people up as well, which is, you know, something that I know Simply Sassy Vids is trying to do now, you know, bit more subtly but trying to go forward like bring more people on raise their voices give them a platform to speak and like just to hear that you're like looking for people to come on contribute and like do whatever they need to do yeah within parameters then no respect well and it's like i i understand like we're at a point where there's so many content creators where we're all just learning and borrowing and, and stealing from each other and just like having that awesome ecosystem but there's there's like a point like for me it's some just because maybe it's just because my time is so limited but i still want to to be out there and to be in the trenches that i'm like i'm not gonna try and reinvent the wheel if there's mm-hmm. somebody who like so like there's um there's like a superhero themed show that's going to be coming from ble it's called to the rescue and it's like man i would love to do that but i don't want to steal someone else's thunder i wouldn't be able to put the love and care and attention that someone else would do let me help you i'm not gonna try and compete with you that would be silly because you're way better than i would ever be you know so i also don't want to just continue to over flood the market share of shows and podcasts out there mm-hmm. gage do you want to ask the question that ben always asks on every show to every guest <laughs> sure yeah we need to make sure we get this one out there oh, kill us. <laughs> okay so this is this is a question that ben asks everybody we have on the show i think i know what it is so <laughs> Greg Miller, somebody mm-hmm. you you now know um, personally, having done a show with him. How do you think he's able to do everything that he's able to do? Do you think maybe there's a, a clone of Greg? Do you think he's a robot? Do you think he's a, what, I forgot who said it, a demon? Um, <laughs> like how how in the world does Greg Miller do as much as he does? I'm going to tell you something right now. I, I listened to the Andy Cortez episode. Um, phenomenal, by the way. Love hey. Andy. Awesome dude. Um, you guys crushed it. And for the random person who said that I was, I can't remember if they said I was like the Walmart version of Andy or whatever. Um, <laughs> after watching that episode, I was like, that person, I don't know who it was, but they were right. Because Andy's growing up and like his experiences, so scarily similar to mine in a lot of ways. Um, anyways, thought that was really cool. And but the the thing, the issue with that episode um, was that Andy didn't tell you the truth. Okay, as you said, ah. professed, <laughs> professed other person who knows Greg Miller. 
Some would say not nearly as well as others, but that's beside the point. Here's here's the thing. Here's the real skinny of what it was like working with Kind of Funny behind the scenes. Has anybody watched Dragon Ball Z? Yeah. So there, uh, there are two things I want to reference in Dragon Ball Z. So the first one is on the planet Namek. Goku was in that like uh, bubble machine where he was healing. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the Frieza's healing chamber. Yeah, the, the healing chamber. Take that mixed with the uh, the, the time chamber, the one that's up in in, in, in Dende's area. The hyperbolic time machine. Yeah, yeah the, the hyperbolic, hyperbolic time, time chamber. chamber. If you were to merge those two together, that's pretty similar to the technology that Greg has access to. You, you think it's a coincidence that there's a new kind of funny headquarters? It's so much bigger. Where do you think they have to put the thing? <laughs> that's why kevin's always like don't touch it don't go to space wait for me it's because that it, the thing is so big and large and takes up so much power and electricity it's because greg sleeps in it, <laughs> so maintain it. do you think it, once a week he's got to be in that thing do you think greg also knows instant transmission you know i think probably how it works is if you've if you've played Marvel's Avengers as much as he has, you know that you've got these <laughs> these bumps and you do these things. Uh, you smash with Cap's shield, and now you've got a, a buff on your person. That's what it's like. He gets in the chamber, he sleeps in it for a night, and he's got buffs on himself, so he's able to move super fast. He's able to regenerate health, <laughs> and what what seemingly would be like he's splitting off the different people. No, it's almost like he's hitting the freaking speed force, mm. like he's like he's Flash ripping through there. Um, but yeah, I mean, pretty much that's how it is. I was astonished, honestly, because he was just in it the night before I was on uh, Kind of Funny Games Daily. He's still wicking off that ooze that was stuck in his ear. <laughs> that's probably it's, one of the best theories we've ever had on the show. It's wild technology, man. I didn't know that that was a thing. Um, I, wow. I don't know about you, I've got another question. Yeah, uh, go for it. You don't mind. Um, Xbox Ambassador, what does that mean? How did we get there? Yeah. Um, so I, shoot, how did I get introduced to that? Um, so many oh, years. I know it has, and I feel bad because I've been a terrible ambassador. Um, absolutely oh, terrible. I know about it. So not that bad. <laughs> um, so I got introduced to the ambassador program at a convention, a conference called GDEX, which is an indie games uh, conference here in Columbus, Ohio. Um, there was, now I'm blanking on his name. I'm such a terrible person. Sorry, guy. Uh, but he, he he told me about the program, said I should check it out um, for whatever reason. Gosh, that was like, I think that was like 2016, 2017. And I feel like I'm really showing my age that I can't remember any of those specifics. But anyways, he told me about it. I went and looked it up, um, applied for it. It was not easy to obtain. Um, but basically, like, the ambassadors are... Uh, people that are trying to promote the positive communities within the Xbox ecospace. So like there are different community managers for Xbox and um, each community manager has a team full of ambassadors. And um, so basically it's just like telling us about events that are going on, um, things that we can just help champion. Uh, they'll have like regular gaming events where the ambassadors are like there just to make sure that everyone is there and is just having a good time, you know? And so they're really just to be a positive force within that community. So if I have had a positive, happy impact on the Xbox community, then I have done my job. Um, 
But I don't think that I really have because I I have participated in like maybe two or three of the ambassador events and that's about it. So in about like three years, three events, that's not good. They should take oh, me off. Next, next year is your year, you know? Yeah, that's my year. <laughs> Probably not. That's my year for it to expire. They're going to be like, we're taking back our badge, everything. You got to go. Hey, we've got you back. We'll, we'll, we'll protest. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> so going, going back to you a little bit, uh, what inspires you to do what you do? Um, like, do you have so much, so much, um, first and foremost, it's literally been my dream to, to work in the games industry as a kid. It was like, I want to do this. I don't know what this is, but I want to do it. And, um, like from there, I knew I wanted to, um, work at a gaming company and then learning about like news outlets and, um, IGN and Mega64 and ScrewTac and seeing like the content side of things. And so um, it's always just been an evolution, but I just knew that video games is where I've always wanted to be. So like that passion there and of itself um, is definitely a big driver, but I'd probably say the biggest driver is easily my family. Um, I will choose them over everything. And if that hurts my consistency with content, then so be it. But if it wasn't for them, then I wouldn't be making anything like I can't even tell you it. My wife is the one that should have been on kind of funny, should have been on IGN, like should have been on GVG or any of the other future engagements or should be the face of borderline content because she literally pushed me to start doing stuff, um, to continue to do stuff, uh, reminders like I should pay her because she does so much work. Any money that comes in for BLE l legally should be hers. Um, so, um, and then now obviously like my son link, it's, I want him to be able to grow up and to a, see his dad working in an industry that feels passionate. So he knows, okay, I can work where my passions are. Um, and then also to be like, my dad has a dope job. I want to be just like him, but then like to, to see from like a representative or representation aspect of. There's, for, for lack of a better term, like the video game industry is so whitewashed um, or the or the any sort of representation is like very, very limited or just isn't done well. Um, so from a person of color perspective, I want him to just have another face to look up to. Um, but then especially from a native and indigenous perspective, like I want him to be able to look and to see, hey, we belong in this industry, too, and we are a staple within it. So um yeah all of all of that i don't know why but randomly i thought of your kid being in the school playground and saying well my dad is the xbox ambassador and he told me halo infinite is coming out this year <laughs> <laughs> you know my uncle works at nintendo thing oh, yeah, i don't know why god <laughs> i don't know why he said that yeah. i have no idea I, I want i want that to be the case so bad oh man that's awesome um, okay, so a little bit more fun. I see, uh, I see your little chess bin back there. Uh, yeah. So, so I gotta know uh, top five Pokemon starters. Son of a gun! I hate this. <laughs> um, so look, I'll give you number one for free. Okay, number one, Totodile. That's where we're starting. Number. <laughs> I'm just gonna put out your Totodile's not even on my top twenty list. If there's even oh. twenty starters, I can't even. Sorry, uh, it looks like you're breaking up. 
Wait, oh, no, that, that can't be true. Because I don't like the black and white starters. I actually don't like sure. the black and white generation. Even like Diamond and Pearl, I'm kind of iffy on that. But can I, can I ask you about the black and white generation whilst you yeah. think about your your starters? Just like because I came from a place exactly like you, where I was like when I when I got to black and white, I was just like, it's fine. Mm-hmm. And then like revisiting it, you know, maybe with a, a new lens, you know, going through that story, I'm like. Oh, I, I missed a trick here. I really did miss a trick, and I ended up becoming a big fan of it. So, like, hmm. so what was your sort of like reasons for not actually liking it that much as as much as the other ones? I think it probably it was probably an age thing, honestly, mm-hmm. um, because being an old ancient dude that I am, like, <laughs> hey now, hey now, <laughs> you know what? Uh, so, like, I, I remember like Pokemon coming out and the new like. <laughs> the wave of it coming to America and churches being like, Hey, this thing's coming and it's of the devil. Like I didn't, so I was, yeah, I was there in the inception of Pokemon in the States. And Mm. so I was really hard into it with red and blue, gold and silver. Um, Ruby and Sapphire was when I was starting to die off a little bit. Emerald was the game that I had loved it. Um, And then from there, it just becomes a blur because I didn't feel the need to go out and buy the next generation. I waited a while to get a DS. Um, and so I think it was just like timing and delay. And I was honestly at the age where it's like, am I going to really, am I going to go back and play it? Like, probably not. Mm. And I remember really, what was the Ranger game? Uh, Pokemon Ranger. Yeah, yeah, Pokemon Ranger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like when I finally got a DS, I got Pokemon Ranger mm. <laughs> instead of like the mainline games. Love that. That um, thing broke my screen, dude. I swear to God. I'm like, I'll touch then, one part of the screen, it just touches another part of the screen. It's, oh, God, Pokemon yeah. Ranger. And then when Black and White came out, I don't know. I think, I think what set it off for me was because I like some of the Pokemon from that, that generation, but mm-hmm. I saw the trash Pokemon. Is it Garbodor? No, 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 no. Yeah, you're I'm, right. You're right. I am right. Okay. Um, I don't in like Trubbish or whatever, like I saw the trash Pokemon and I'm like, this is where we're at mm-hmm. is making Pokemon out of heaping piles of garbage. I'm like, I, so you saw Muck and you're like, Oh, this is perfectly fine. guys." <laughs> that's, <laughs> that, but that's the thing. When Muck came out, I was like, I don't know, eight, seven, something like that. So I'm like, yeah. this is yeah. so cool. Toxic waste. Um, but yeah, seeing, seeing a, a trash Pokemon, I was just like, this isn't cool. Um, yeah. But it was it was X and Y that brought me back into it. Um, okay. Yeah, and so I picked Chespin. Fell in love. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fell in love with 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 Chespin and why? Well, what's the the middle one? Oh, Chespin. Oh, Quilla? for the for the evolution. Yeah. Now I'm, now I'm blanking. Quilladin. There we go. Quilladin, yeah, I went through Quilladin so fast. Um, but like, I play Pokemon Go every day, so like, now that that generation is in Pokemon Go, I now have a Chespin as my buddy, and I yeah. will never evolve him. I've got one that I evolved <laughs> all the way through, um, but I will keep one Chespin. I don't know, it, it was just, for, for me, Chespin is like, more than just like, within like, my top five. It was like, I don't know, it's, he, he resembles me getting back into Pokemon real hard. Oh, that's uh, cool. I love and, that story. Uh, yeah, dude, it was... And, I, you know, I love Froakie, and I love uh, Finnegan, and they're they're cool, but, pff, dude, 
they don't have anything on Chessman. And Chessman then like, yeah, Chess Chessman's my guy. And I've always been like pretty heavy, like grass leaning. I think it's probably just because green, even though I say blue is my favorite color, I really love green characters and everything. So like uh, Rowlet, I obviously went for Rowlet in, uh, in Sun and Moon. Someone Plus, like, said it was only a, like the fifth best fictional owl. Which I'm really pissed off about. <laughs> <laughs> He's number one. <laughs> Decidueye, are you kidding me with that giant bow? I can't even handle Decidueye. And now Grookey? Mm. So good. So if I, to get back to the starters question, how many did we say? Five? Five. Ten? Yeah. Just, just five. Five? Okay. Well, I didn't want to make it too hard. I didn't want to make it too hard. Okay. So Bulbasaur, Chespin, Rowlet, Grookey. Shoot, I need to add some variety in there. <laughs> don't put toad off you know <laughs> like <laughs> no i will never i will never are you kidding me no. see i initially wanted to immediately go chikorita but i can't have all grass i can't mm. i'll do cyndaquil i'll do cyndaquil all right cyndaquil's cute nice <laughs> i just figured we needed a fun question to you know give everyone uh the look of gauge wanting to hang himself Dude, I'm engaged. I gotta say it right now. This whole time, I'm like, I feel for my guy right now. He is, he is struggle bussing. We put him through so much, you won't even believe it. Yeah. It, so it's it's really hard for me to stare at Chespin and and have Kumail on the show and not ask at least one Pokemon question. Dude, and I've got. Let me see if I can reach without pulling out my. Yeah, Gage doesn't know, but this is actually the Pokerable podcast. Yeah. <laughs> ball right here. Keep it right here. Nice. I got oh, is that Pokemon right Go Plus Plus? Or whatever the hell oh, this is calling the, now? Okay, well, watch your mouth. This is the <laughs> this is the Pokeball Plus. I use it for Go. I use it for Let's Go. And you can actually use it for uh, Sword and Shield. What? I Wait, did not know that. I didn't know that either. <laughs> it's kind of janky. But it works, and you, there's like a, a game-breaking thing where you can take Mew. Basically, you have to buy a brand new Pokeball Plus and connect it immediately to Sun and Moon, or sorry, to Sword and Shield, and you can take Mew into the game. I can't remember. It's like it doesn't fully recognize that it's Mew. Um, but yeah, just a little. So I got Mew. Hmm. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Um, if only I cared. Yeah, Bul Bulbasaur's best boy for me. Bulbasaur's best boy. Oh, Bulbasaur is. Oh, Gage loves games, bad games like Red Dead Redemption Two, for example. Yep. Uh, Fallout seventy six. Yep, it's one of his hey, faves. Fallout seventy six is a good game now. Oh no. I don't know. To be fair, I Thank I played you. it for about sixty hours when it first came out. I really it's need to go. Dude, you should have jumped back in after Wastelanders. I, I need to go. I need to go back. I phenomenal. really do. Kind of sucks now. They, it's been kind of dead for a while. But their new roadmap for this year, I, so much good content. But I'm still disappointed that they made no mention of a next gen update. It's like really, like I I finally got a PlayStation Five. I'm not going back to play this game at 30 frames per second. It's it's a it's a Bethesda game, and Bethesda games are like some of the worst 30 FPS games because there's no motion motion blur at all. So it's just raw 30 FPS, and it's so difficult to play. To be fair, I did turn it on just to see how it ran on my new PC, and I did run it at a solid 60, 
and it's yeah. it's pretty nice. It's nice when it's buttery yeah. smooth for definitely, sure. Definitely, definitely. Hey, Asa, do you want to tell Gage that he can play Fallout seventy six? And all it's like glorious 60 frames per second over on the series x <laughs> actually technically it doesn't matter because fallout 4 and fallout 76 with uh, with fps boost uh caps your uh resolution at 1080p on those so you can get 60 fps but you can't run them in 4k on the series x Xbox ambassador have you anything to say for yourself <laughs> i don't because i was playing it on playstation mostly and then i got it for free on pc and i've been playing it on pc ever since so nice. um, I'm I'm All like right. I'm like 700 hours in on my character on my PlayStation, oh, so it's like okay, I, I, haven't played it that much. I I can't I can't leave I can't. There's no cross save support, so it's like I'm stuck on PlayStation. I'm not restarting that game. I can't do it. Although I don't feel like we've been able to dig in nearly enough on, on especially the fun conversation that's tra uh, that's starting to transpire right now. Uh, we do not have a lot more time with you, so I I wanted to at least um you know what do you want to throw out there right now um as far as like anything that you're doing upcoming here pretty soon uh that people should go check out ah man um shoot i literally just come to this with like a completely open book of literally whatever you guys want to talk about um, <laughs> stuff that i've got coming up uh keep your eye on game chat i like to think of it as the the mcu of podcasts um i was just actually just thinking that yesterday the the guests for for this year um are just phenomenal um they always are they always are last year's guests were incredible as well um but there there just been so many people that have wanted to be a part of it that um i was doing like an every other week type format in 2020 but there's so many people that are not that i feel like i'm bragging but um, I don't mean to be, but like, there's just so many people that wanted to be a part of it that if I continue to do the every other week, then we would be into like 2023 to make sure that I could get everybody in. Um, so for the most part, I'm going to be doing it every week, unless there's like a holiday or some sort of like personal family thing. Um, and then for the week of the BLE anniversary, which is like the last week of August, it'll be every day just for that week. Um, but yeah, so keep an eye on game chat. Uh, whether you listen to it or watch it live on Twitch, which there's an episode tomorrow um, with uh, with Nathan Norman Brandt and Cam Koenig. Um, so they'll, they'll be on tomorrow. And then it'll episodes will be coming to YouTube later and podcast services later as soon as I can, like, get my schedule together. Um, and congratulations yeah. to you, by the way. I mean, the fact that you can have so many people wanting to come on your show, that's... That's massive, dude, and just congratulations on you know getting that getting the thing to that point. Yeah, that, thank you. I think it's, I think the the big shift was taking it off of because like when Game Chat started, it was like, it was trying to be a mixture of like hard news, mixed with like uh, Good Mythical Morning from like Rhett and Link. So one of the yes. comedy and no, get it out there, baby. Love <laughs> um, so wanted some of that like character dynamic and some fun into it. Um, and I knew like coming back, coming back into it and I'll kind of like pull, pull the curtain back a little bit. Like when, when bringing game chat back, I knew that I wanted to do something different. So I went with the variety format cause I just used to watch variety shows with my parents, my grandparents, um, all the time. So went with that kind of format. Um, so there's a whole bunch of different segments within it. And then <laughs> the cheapskate that I am doing those different segments gives me the ability to have 
um, extra content to then share out there. So like um, there's a section that's called my favorite. Um, and so that's really just like an, a trip down memory road of talking about like, what is your favorite, whatever. And so like the show is also very driven by the community. So um, there is a, a Google doc. I'll try to share it on social media again today. Um, but people just go in and throw in their suggestions and that stuff is just like how the show goes. But anyway, so um, we'll take this trip down memory lane. Well, those segments will then be broken out into like just their own videos. If people want to watch those instead of listening to an entire hour and a half podcast. And then we're going to be doing more premium versions of those once a month where the production value is up. It's not just ripped from the podcast. Um, but so it, essentially, like when I was creating Game Chat, I'm like, how do I take all these ideas that I've wanted to do and funnel them into one idea so I don't have to continue to stretch myself so thin? So, um, yeah, if anything, just keep an eye out on that. I can't think of anything off the top of my head that is okay to talk about right now that isn't under some sort of like have to wait to talk about it um but yeah just just stay connected talk to me on the internet i feel like i'm a nice guy i love this hey, so out. where can we find you on twitch sorry because you mentioned you were like uh, on twitch i and I, i've not seen you on twitch so i'd like to give you a follow if i can yeah absolutely it's a uh, twitch.tv slash borderline entertainment coolios and then on top of that uh where can people find you yeah, people can find me at a Green River 7 on Twitter, um, preferably just Twitter, uh, on Instagram, a little bit more personal. So unless like like you all, you guys are good. Like we can connect on Instagram, that's fine. Um, but if it's like just people that I haven't met yet and I've gotten to like talk and get to know, Twitter's like the best place to go. Awesome. Um, before Gage closes us out, uh, I wanted to, to delve into your son's name a little bit. Um, is that indeed Zelda inspired or was there another reason that you, you named him Link? I saw, I saw you toss that out there and I wanted to address it, but yeah, um, it absolutely is Zelda inspired. Uh, the legend of Zelda was the very first game I've ever owned. Um, it is what got me into gaming. Still my favorite series. Wind Waker's the best, no argument. Um, but, uh, and that was, that was my wife's doing again. She's like the, the best thing a part of my life. Um, because she's like, you know what? Let's make the middle. Let, let let's make his name Link because you you love it. And I'm like, oh, that's so what? Cool. Thank you. Tears. <laughs> awesome. I like. I wish my my closet wasn't stuck right now because I'd go grab my gold cart of of Legend of Zelda. Um, it's locked in the vaults, the vault of glass that is my parents' house. I have no idea where that sucker is. That's awesome. So All right, Gage. On here. I got the same one, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Man, Dang it, I... mine's out in the front room. Oh, well. I haven't played that game in a long time. Yeah, same. <laughs> I got the plat and I bounced. I was like, I'm out. <laughs> Never got too many games Borderlands 2, dude. Oh, God. Or uh, <laughs> Destiny 2. It's actually right. easier than Destiny 1, which well, is surprising. It used to be when they changed it, because it used to be you could do a Nightfall strike and it would count for the raid trophies, but now you have to do the Grandmaster Nightfall strike to get the trophies, which is like you have to, now you have to max out your power level for the season before you can do it. So you have, what, three months to hit like 1350 or whatever the ridiculous power level is now, and if you don't get it that season, it resets next. It's, yeah, um, I, I gave up on that game a long time ago. Long time ago, I miss it though. It's a good friend. He's a broken seems, man. 
That seems yeah. like a per- perfect moment to close us out. Broken man. Broken. Broken, broken man. man. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for watching another episode of Out of Our League. Uh, yeah, stick around. We've got a couple of good episodes coming up in the next few weeks. Don't know how much I can say about them other than next week, and we're going to have Cameron Kennedy's episode. We're actually recording that today, but we're going to stack that one for next weekend, too. So, yeah, check that out as well. Uh, otherwise, we will see you next time. Awesome. Goodbye, everybody. See ya.